Welcome to the Let's Get Down to Business podcast. I'm your host today, Charlotte Newman, and today I want to chat to you about a very hot and current topic, which is creating a lot of questions from our clients and followers. So we thought it would be a good idea to get all of your answers in one place. So if you hadn't guessed, that is the recent announcement of a hike in taxes. So we're here to tell you exactly what that means for you and your business. And to help with this, I'm joined today by Josh Curtis, partner at A4G LLP. Hi, Josh. How are you? Hello, Charlotte. All good. All good, thank you. So, obviously, on the 7th of September 2021, Boris Johnson announced that both national insurance contributions and dividend tax rates will increase by 1.25 percentage points from April 2022. And this announcement also coincides with the ending of furlough on 30th September. So, firstly, Josh, can you just give us an outline of what taxes exactly are being affected by this um, rise? Sure thing. So, it's a, it was a bit of a strange announcement because it was it was skirting some some big political lines and it was um, quite a controversial thing for the government to do. Um, and we'll, we'll discuss that. I think I'm, I'm sure we'll discuss that a bit later. But um, essentially what they were trying to do is um, to fund a new um, batch of funding for the NHS and care. Now, to do that, they've actually created probably one of the biggest tax hikes in in. You know, recent years. Um, so what the the headline is that employment taxes are going up. So they're going to increase the national insurance paid by employees by 1.25%. They're also increasing the national insurance paid by employers by 1.25%, meaning that actually that equates to a, um, a, th- a two, 2.5% increase in national insurance across employer and employee. But obviously both sides are sharing the burden. Mm-hmm. But the, the the issue we have is that the the uh, announcement didn't also have a technical document release. So I've been trying to search recently. So we're recording this on the 13th of September. I've been searching for technical documents to try and confirm things. So I can go from what um, the accountancy industry is finding and all the bits that were discussed in Parliament and the announcements. Um, but I'm sure we'll have more details come out when we have the budget in October. But essentially, at the moment, what's going to happen is um, all national insurance bans go up by 1.25 from April of next year. So when we go into the new tax year, they've already said they're going to freeze um, the bandings for national insurance and um, income tax. So that means, you know, things like the personal allowance won't go up. The fact that national insurance only starts from when you earn £797 a month. Um, as an employee, that rate will stay the same because they're basically inflation will start to erode that so that the government actually gradually get a little bit more tax in. But what they're also going to do is change employees basic rate, uh, what is effectively the basic rate of national insurance from 12% to 13.25%. And employers will be paying um, 15.05% from now on. So we've got some really weird tax numbers in there if, if you're the sort of person who um you know sets the television volume control to a nice round number and refuses to have odd numbers then you're going to really hate these these tax percentages because they're just weird um so so we get some weird numbers all over the place which yeah just means we've got to be more careful with our spreadsheets i think basically um but the the real kick in the teeth i think is that they've also extended this to increase the tax on dividends um, now, they used some strange terminology when they announced it. They said it was going to be share dividends, which I thought, what, what do you mean by that term? Why are you 
trying to create a new term here. You know, effectively, this is just, you know, a dividend is paid on shares anyway. That's the technical um, side of it. Are they trying to hint that there's going to be some special rule in there? I don't know. But for the moment, we're just going on the basis that what they're going to do is the current dividends tax rate of 7.5% for basic rate taxpayers will go up to 8.75%. And um, all the subsequent bandings apparently will also go up as well. So um, higher rate taxpayers pay 32.5% on dividends. That looks to be going up to 33.75. And higher earners, the additional tax rate, so people earning over 150,000, the tax rate goes up from 38.1 to 39.35. So again, it's a really messy percentages because they've got their small points all over the place yes definitely but you know you know we're talking about 1.25 percentage points here but what does that actually mean because from my calculations this isn't actually sort of like a 1.25 percent increase like in fact with the class one um, national insurance currently being 12 percent over the basic rate this is actually more like a 10 percent increase on the current tax base can you sort of explain yeah that so if you're comparing to the rates that are currently being paid then if you're a basic rate taxpayer um and then then yes going up from 12 percent to the new 13.25 is effectively adding um is, is 10 percent more um tax percentage than it was before um and and anyone who's who's concerned about um, what this means for higher rate taxpayers actually the the headline there is is even worse because um higher the 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 tax paid on income more uh, for higher rate taxpayers is um, was 2%. And now that's going to be 3.25%. So it, it's sort of more than half a gain. So it's more than a 50% increase if we were to, to talk about the headlines in that way. But obviously the press won't pick up on that because they don't think that the um, that it sells papers to talk <laughs> about higher rate tax bans. Um, but obviously, higher rate, this is one of those things that this is where tax can get really complicated because the headline is you always look at basic rate tax. Um, and the way that the national insurance system has always been operating is it, it sort of creates this weird bit that actually when you become a higher rate taxpayer, the national insurance you pay goes down. Um, so you know, if you're earning within £50,000, then you'll be paying 12% national insurance. But once you're earning 60, 70, the national insurance you're paying on that upper bit is um, 2%. Obviously, that will go up to 3.25%. But it means that when you look at the effective rates of tax, which is where you go in this tax band, add all these rates together, actually, high rate taxpayers don't have as much an increase as just income tax would let you see and i mean you touched on um that the fact this affects employees employers and those receiving dividends but we haven't touched on anyone receiving other forms of in income like rental income how is that impacted by these changes that's a really good point actually because um, rental income isn't applicable to national insurance so this doesn't actually impact those earning their bulk of their income from rental income so people who've got businesses where they rent a property to their own business, if the, the rent that they charge their business is taxable at the income tax rates, but doesn't get national insurance, so therefore it's actually could be a good opportunity for some planning for those people because the rental income will be flat on the income tax and won't be affected by this. The only caveat I'd give to that, which is, is sort of looking into the crystal ball, is to say that the future they've set out for this is that although it's going to be in the national insurance and dividends tax system um, from April next year, their aim is that in 2023, this will be separated into its own tax system. 
So then, you know, at the moment you pay PAYE or income tax and national insurance. If you're self-employed, you pay income tax and, and national insurance on your profits. But from 2023, they're saying, actually, you'll then be paying P, uh, income tax stroke PAYE, national insurance and a health and social care levy. So it will become its own tax band, which raises a huge mountain of questions and complications because that's a whole new raft of tax legislation that needs to come in, adding a huge layer of complexity to get this tax rise in. Well, yeah, exactly. So how much more work is this for employers then? Because, because you know, presumably we've got an additional admin burden, the uh, cost for businesses who need to amend their payrolls. They've got, you know, they've got to reflect this increase of national insurance rates from April 2022 anyway. Um, mm. But they've also got this brand new levy from April 2023. So, you know, how much more work is this? Well, I think... Uh, and if I were working for one of the payroll um, software companies, I would be screaming because it's their, they are the ones who are going to have to, to foot the burden with how this operates, even though we don't really have much detail to go on for that operation at the moment, mm. um, considering that they've had to sort of deal with their software to try and cope with furlough and things like that. So the software developers are probably very busy right now and are probably lobbying government to give them some clues as to what's going on. Um, but initially from 2020. So April 2022, it, it, it will effectively be simple to administer because it will just be added on to the bandings um, that are in the payroll software. I would say, though, that from an employer's point of view, I know that we certainly have a few clients where they have an agreement with an employee that they have a fixed gross income. So effectively, they say, oh, every month you will earn this amount after taxes per month. Now, if that's the arrangement you have with your employee, then this tax increase is going to all be cost for you as the employer. So you need to make sure you address that with your employee because, I mean, I'm not a fan of, of gross um, pay anyway because it, it creates too much of a burden for the employer. But they, that's something that needs to be aware of that, say, hang on, this tax is going up. We need to deal with this properly. Um, and, and often it might just be a time to recalibrate their pay so that it actually works on a net normal net pay basis oh yeah so that, i mean that's quite a good bit of practical advice um josh in terms of like you know how you know what actually really happens like with um business owners and their staff because like you say people have a, certain arrangements that have always been typically just fine and then something like this happens and it's actually impact for business owners because you know we've already talked about that employers are going to be paying that additional 1.25 percent for their employees however is there still some sort of employment allowance support available to to counterbalance this yeah so at the moment with um, uh you know if you've got a payroll system running um and you're allowed to have an employment allowance, £4,000 credit against your national insurance bill, your employer's national insurance bill. Um, but you're only allowed that one per business. So if you've got three different businesses and they've all got their own payrolls, you can only allocate that to one of your businesses. Mm -hmm. um, now, as far as I can see, and from the research I've done and from what I'm hearing from, from the sort of accountancy advisors, is that the allowance most likely would be able to offset against the employer's element of this because it's a national insurance credit and the 1.25 increase for employers national insurance is also national insurance so it would take some very specific legislation to say oh you can't use it against that and that would add extra layers of complexity i think this be this legislation is being driven by let's get it in quick and as simple as possible and then we'll fine tune it as we go 
So I think initially that allowance will be fine. There is a question mark, though, because if they separate out the tax increase to be the health and social care levy rather than national insurance, then the employer's allowance, which is only national insurance, probably wouldn't offset against it. So then there would be a, a, a you know, for small employers, then there would definitely be an increased cost as the employer. Okay, brilliant. So obviously, I think it's been reported um, that it's deemed a bit of a temporary increase. Um, however, do you think that this will actually be more permanent? Like obviously, with the dividend rate increasing and becoming a separate tax and levy um, from 2023, like how permanent do we think this might be? To, I'm not going to avoid the question, but my answer would be that with the tax system, change is a constant thing. So I, I feel that nothing is ever particularly permanent. Certainly, I think since 2010, I think, you know, placing your bets has been really hard um, as to what's going to happen with the tax system. Now, I would, I would suspect that um, a future government might... Um, enjoy cutting a tax um, and therefore you know here is a, a tax increase that they can then counteract but what they've done politically uh, and this is obviously my view not not something factual but politically what they've done is they've connected this tax increase with the nhs and social care so if a government later on comes along and says i'm going to cut this tax then um the tabloid media and the opposition are going to shout um what are you doing you're cutting funding for the nhs and the old and that doesn't create good headlines. Um, so I think it's 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 a difficult one. I think if a if a government tried to cut this in the future, um, it, they would have a tough time of it because it looks um, disingenuous, even if it's just turning around a tax increase from now. Yeah. Okay. Well, as you know, Josh, like many of our listeners are going to be business owners and yeah. not necessarily likely impacted by the NI increases, but they will be to taking dividends obviously yeah. we've already touched on the increases applied to both ni and dividend tax to sort of share the cost between both businesses and individuals it's also been calculated that around um, the highest earning 14 percent of individuals will actually pay half of this revenue from the levy anyway so it is a big hit for the um super high rate taxpayers but i presume from our more you know sort of owner managed businesses level is it still more tax efficient for business owners to take dividends rather than paying themselves more income um, and, and what advice can you give our business owners in light of these changes and that is one of the million dollar questions i think for any accountant <laughs> so having just scribbled the notes down and as i say we don't have all of the information yet but at the moment um based on corporation tax remaining at 19 percent um the, the the effective rates of tax for a basic rate taxpayer, if you're self-employed, so you run a, a sole trade business or a partnership, and you just put the details on your tax return, um, so you're not going through the corporation tax system or through PAYE, then you'd pay basic rate tax of 30.25%. That's your national insurance added to your income tax. If you were an employee earning at um, the basic rate band, you'd be paying 33.25%. So a bit higher than a, than a self-employed person. And then at the moment, a limited company paying out dividends to a shareholder that, that remains in the basic rate tax plan, they would be paying a effective rate of tax of 27.75%. That's adding the 19% corporation tax because you've got to earn the profits to pay the dividends. So you, you can argue you can include the corporation tax in that. 
and then 8.75% of dividends tax. So that's the 27.75. So it, it's the, the gap is closing. The gap is definitely closing. And then if we expand that and say, well, we've currently got it on the cards that from 2023, corporation tax is going to go up to 25%, then all of a sudden that um, basic rate, effective rate of tax for um, a shareholder goes up to 33.75%, which is actually 0.5 of a percent higher than an employee. So if you look at the calculation in that way, it's quite ah. uh, <laughs> self-employed people with limited companies suddenly are not saving as much tax as an employee or a self-employed person. But um, it's not, unfortunately, it's never as simple as that, because if you're an employee, you've got employers national insurance to consider as well. So, it would, yeah, it, we could probably spend an hour of podcast just talking about <laughs> the difference between self-employment, um, limited company and employee. Um, but effectively, what it boils down to is self-employed person is taxed on all of the profits, whether they've drawn it or not, which usually puts a self-employed person into a higher tax band than they need to be. Um, employees, there tends to be the other taxes involved, but they're, they're, I've calculated this so many times over the last year trying to work out um, where the dividing line is with the current tax system and the future tax system, but dividends were coming out just about winning. Um, and then, yeah, and then limited companies, the main, main benefit of those is if you have profits higher than you need to draw, then your profits are protected in a lower tax environment because they've only been charged the corporation tax, not 45% as you might pay as an additional rate taxpayer. Yeah. Um, but it gets very complicated. And that's where forecasting and knowing what your business plans are actually are really, really important for making sure you're in the right tax position personally. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, it sounds like, you know, we've gone through a lot of technical detail here. And, you know, realistically, you know, from April 22, there's big changes from April 23, there's big changes, whether you're an employee or an employer, um, you know, business owner, what have you. So there's a lot of factors to consider. And also a decision that you might make now might actually not suit you in two years time. So like you say, it is worth sitting down and looking at the, you know, the scenarios and the planning for that. But do you have any practical advice on how people could just see themselves through these changes? You know, what sort of a support is available to help them manage this new burden, if you like? Well, I, I, to, to help, I think what's interesting is that often um, these tax increases are, it, it attacks one style of business or another. This one has attacked everyone other than um, property income so everyone is in the same boat for a horrible expression to use for it um, so in terms of support what actually the biggest support will come from that everyone in the economy is facing the same issue mm -hmm. because I think some commentators are predicting that what this will do is this will cause um, a slowdown in the rate of inflation for wages so people will be getting less pay increases which is pretty obvious one to choose from and I'm, I'm sure most people when they heard it thought well that's that's next year's pay increase gone um which you know obviously is quite cynical but also it's it's the truth of the matter as to what most businesses will have to contend with certainly having come through what they have um knowing what your turnover is and being able to protect jobs outweighs the um 
what can we do with that? So it's actually going to be a bit of one of the difficult conversations I have with my clients um, when I do a pre-year meeting, for example, is we're often talking about, okay, how's the business done and how does that then impact what pay rises can be given to the staff? Um, and so that will become a quite an important part. So we'll, when we look at the year end, say if your year end is March and we're predicting what your March figures will be, say we, we meet in January, we'd be predicting, right, in March, you'll probably make this much profit and this is your wages bill. Okay, if we add this new national insurance levy to that, then um, what would that do to your wages bill next year? How does that impact your gross profit? How does it impact your net profit percentages? And then that would then inform us for saying, right, this is going to be our policy for the next year on dealing with this um, increase in tax. Brilliant. So if we can then, I mean, you've just mentioned it, obviously, what businesses have just been through over the last 18 months. So obviously we don't really, it's yeah. a bit of an elephant in the room. But if we can briefly touch on sort of the end of furlough, because that's also coming at the end of September. So it's a bit timely that they've announced this at the same time. You know, business owners have around six months before these hikes come into place. So sort of putting that to one side at the moment, it's going to be a bit of a balance balancing act already for some businesses they're trying to bring employees back to work safely they're trying to keep their business ticking over some are actually even trying to make an income um so you know some of for some people this has only just started to pick up so what practical advice have you got for business owners in this position to manage this challenge you know if they've still got people on furlough um so if they've still got people on furlough then this might then factor in quite heavily in that decision of say well if i bring this person back from furlough do i have a job for them can i sustain that that period of employment um so i think we, we've recently updated and sent out a link to our um advice on redundancies and reduced um time working some people are coming off furlough and they're actually actually i quite like not doing as many hours and so they're quite open to reducing their hours for the business and if the business can cope with that then then that's quite a good solution for both but there, there will inevitably be redundancies now you have to be careful with redundancies because you can't just go um you're on furlough i don't have a job for you i make you redundant you need to effectively be seen to be attempting to bring them back look at the whole workforce and then show that as a separate working you're working out um who needs to be made redundant in order for the business to survive now i would say that probably the calculation you've done to work out who should go on furlough is probably very similar to the calculation of working out on who needs to be made redundant if you need to take that drastic step um but um yeah it means that this tax rise means that you we get six months breathing space well, even that mm. um where you can bring people back from furlough and then suddenly your entire wages bill is going to get more expensive again so it is it is pretty hard um i think the worst thing about it though is that with the end of furlough you, we had the furlough and the self-employed support scheme seiss or whatever it was and and they there was a very strong message from rishi sunak when he announced the self-employed grants to say you guys are pa i'm giving you this but you're going to have to pay for this because we're effectively treating you like employees so you're going to have to pay something so to increase national insurance on employees and the self-employed sort of chimes with what had been announced and at that time obviously we were in desperate times so it sort of felt okay get where you're coming from don't know what this means because there's going to be obviously issues with the the difference between self-employed and workers and you know the, the, the gig economy but to also slap it onto the dividends tax, I think is what will make a lot of our clients very angry because if you're a director 
with a limited company, you've got a very small salary, you probably didn't take furlough because you still needed to operate in the business, but you've got no support personally. And then now you're being included in this tax increase, which although it's being published as a let's support the NHS and care, it, it does, a lot of people are connecting it with, okay, this is going to be helping fund all those grants that we've given out. Um, so I think it, quite legitimately, a lot of limited company owners will be livid about this and and quite rightly so i think that, yeah that's part of it you have to hold the government to account they need to be able to answer to what they're doing so it's going to be an interesting time as we head towards um certainly from the budget and and, and to next april because it, it's it is definitely contentious Definitely. And you actually touched on scenario planning earlier, and we've also covered it on previous podcasts, but how vital is this going to be now for businesses, not just in the short term as in the next six months, but really for the next couple of years now? With all these sort of things, I mean, it depends on how the rules end up coming out as to how we, we plan for it. But effectively, all businesses, so if you're, um, if you're a self-employed person or um, operating a limited company with small salary and dividends you're going to be using this information to to forecast right how much do i need to live on over the coming years um add some inflation into that and it's basically what it's going to do for most businesses when we work out real break-even points it's going to increase the the level of sales a business needs to make in order for the owners to to get the level of um, income that they're used to um that's if their business isn't supplying a surplus um, or it's going to cause limitations with what's available to invest. And this ultimately, you know, some of the, the the economists arguing against this is saying, well, actually, this is going to stifle growth. But is it better to stifle growth over a longer period of time than um, to just have a massive amount of debt? That's the that's the argument. I'm trying to be balanced in, in what I say on it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. So just taking all of this then into consideration, a bit of a summary, we've got the tax increases, the furlough ending. Can you just give us some final thoughts or a bit of practical advice on what our business owners need to be focusing on next for their businesses? Because a lot of a lot of this stuff really is to some extent out of their control. And obviously getting too bogged down with it can affect their morale, not just for them, their team, etc. So, you know, what, what advice would you give um, business owners to sort of focus on? I agree with what you say there, Charlotte. It is out of our control. You know, as individuals, we can't change this. And I know lots of people who are very annoyed by this. Um, and whilst you need to have that annoyance, let that irritation out, find a channel for it. But then you need to get back behind the desk and go, well, I still have a business to run and I still need to make a success of this. And this is just another challenge that we can overcome. If we've got through the last bunch of challenges we can go over this one and then focus on right what does this mean and then you start building a shopping list of things you need to do to overcome it so let's get your management figures up to date have a look at what that is predicting for the end of the year what's that going to mean that your current wages bill is going to be and what's your current sales and what's the net profit being generated from it and then forecast ahead say well actually if nothing in this business changes for a year apart from this tax increase what does that mean forecast those figures what will that then mean is happening to your um, net drawings or your ability to generate cash in the business to reinvest in the business and then that starts to set you some realistic goals to say do you know what in the next year we need to hit sales of this much in order to compensate that we need to make savings in other areas of the business to compensate this tax rise and that might then lead you to make you know obviously employment decisions as we've touched on but it also could lead you to say do you know what this has pushed me that i need to do this project that will 
force us to get higher margin work or it will then make us look at our investment um, processes for the coming year. There was a machine we were going to buy. If I buy that, it saves me some tax. But actually, do I need to buy it? Is that money best used in, in doing something? Or maybe there's a piece of kit that you're buying that actually improves efficiencies within the business, but it's expensive. And if you've got the cash now and it, it means you save some of that that labor time, then that probably then starts to look more attractive. Depends on each business. But but there is there's definitely something that can be done. I'm trying to be optimistic, as I know a lot of people will be listening, thinking this is horrible. I hate this tax rise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Josh. I mean, that was that was brilliant. I mean, I like and I like what you said about, you know, focusing on how how you can actually use this to grow your business you know what do you need to do and maybe putting that into some sort of set of goals will actually you know sort of give people something to drive towards you know something to work towards rather than focusing on what's been taken away from them so um yeah brilliant thank you for joining us today josh no worries thank you charlotte no worries well next week we will be kicking off with our second series that's the 12 vital ingredients to a successful business and we'll be taking two key elements at a time and breaking them down in more detail for you so if you've been following us for a while you will know we covered these on our friday night emails last year and therefore we intend to build upon what we shared them so if you have any questions on this or any other topic please email them over to inquiries at a4g-llp.co.uk and in the meantime head to our social media at a4g chartered accountants where we're providing a lot more guidance on the areas discussed today and many others. Alternatively, check out our website at www.a4g-llp.co.uk, which is full of free tools, guidance and plenty of food for thought to help your business. I've been your host, Charlotte, and this is Let's Get Down to Business.